This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who knows the best way to keep the Titans out of the end zone is to put a jar of mayonnaise in the other end zone. <laughs> J.P. Shatrick. Yes, it is Titans Week, and welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon, Week 14. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy two hours ahead here on Jaguars Radio. Well, uh, coming up now, it's Jaguars Happy Hour. Analyst Jeff Lagerman standing by ahead of this Jaguars-Titans matchup, the first of two over the last five weeks of the season between these division rivals. The Jaguars 4-8, Tennessee at the top of the division, trying to find their footing, though, down the stretch. The quarterback status up in the air for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk through the defense and how they bounce back from their roughest outing of the season last week in Detroit. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach on the Jaguars radio network and get his thoughts on the game ahead this week. Let's start with the quarterback and rewind to Wednesday. He spoke with the media as normal, even though he didn't practice on Wednesday, discussing the injury and the scare last week in Detroit. Well, I thought it was my knee at first, you know, um, just the way I got twisted and, um, you know, I thought, I really thought it was my knee. That's why I kind of grabbed it on the field. It just scared me more than anything because it bent away. It's probably not supposed to bend. Um, and then when I was laying there, you know, my, my knee was hurting a little bit uh, and I felt my toe a little bit too, but my first concern was my knee. So I was laying there and trainers came up there checking everything and asked me if it hurt. And I was like, actually, you know, when they were moving, it didn't really hurt too bad. So that made me feel better. And then when I got up and started moving around, my toe was, my toe was hurting, um, you know. And then from there, obviously, like after the game and Monday morning, I woke up and it was really, really sore, stiffened up on me. But, um, yeah, I kind of dodged a bullet for sure on that, on that hit. He did not practice Wednesday. He was not out there again today. C.J. Beathard was with the first team. And today, Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator before practice, asked if Beathard could handle the load if need be. No, I'd say there's not anything he cannot do. Um, you know, and, and part of it is he's been around all season long since the day we put the offense in. Uh, we always try to tailor it to the strengths of our players. So that may be something if it were, if we made that decision, I think that's a late pivot uh, we could get to if we needed to of say, you know, this is, we have this in the plan. We like it versus this defense, but, you know, based on CJ versus Trevor, whatever that may be. Maybe it's, hey, let's stay away from that unless we need it. Or we kind of do that all the time, every week, but depending on who guys are and where they are and how we see things express themselves during practice. And finally, the focus on defense this week as well. Coordinator Mike Caldwell asked how that group can find energy in their play on the field. Well, the thing about it is you noticed it uh, watching the film about we have a saying that when one makes a play, we all make a play. And you should be excited when your brother makes a play and you didn't see that on Sunday for whatever reason. So we just, uh, you know, we're going to dig deep and find out, you know, go back and let this game be a youthful game. Enjoy the game. When you're out there, have a smile on your face, go out there and make plays and have fun with it. We'll see. Well, I don't know about fun against Derrick Henry, but we'll find out this Sunday, of course, in Nashville. All the press conferences available on Jaguars.com. We'll have Head coach Doug Peterson, of course, coming up at 5 o'clock on the Doug Peterson Show. We welcome in Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman joining us now here on set. It's nice to see you, Jeff. Uh, happy Thursday to you. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fantastic, man. I got uh, a cup of coffee here. Got a football game coming up. Derrick yeah. Henry, you know, physical 
black and blue style of football game. Let's go. Let's start, though. We'll plenty of time to get to the Titans and what they have to offer, physicality, all that. But a lot of focus on a big toe this week of the quarterback on the left foot. And he sure. didn't practice for two days in a row. He sounded confident that he would be ready to go. That was yesterday. And, you know, he's been walking around some with kind of the sandal contraption on. I didn't see him with it on today. Sandal contraption? Uh, yeah, it's not even a full boot. It's oh. like a slide-on kind of strap thing. And right. then just to protect it. But today he's out why of does practice. That, why does that protect it? It doesn't allow him to move his toe, I guess. I don't know. That's what he said. Correct. I yeah. mean, I, I, I'm quizzing you because anyway, you're trying to he, mobilize he that He didn't joint. have it today, and he was out there on the practice field standing, at least when the open media period was out there, was standing behind Bethard running with the first team group in the, some things we saw. So, all right, so at least that's a step. He was out there. He was out there. So That's okay. a step? <laughs> I guess. From not being out there to being at least standing out there, I guess that's a step. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call that a step, but um, – uh, the good thing is is that he feels confident that he's going to be able to play. Now, will that happen or not? I don't know. And here's the other unknown. He's never had to deal with an injury before and to play a game without practicing during the course of a week or having missed practices during the course of a week, as far as we know. So that, I think, is an interesting question. How will he play? You know, how will those around him play? Yeah, right. You would like to think that those around him would play better knowing that he's a little nicked up or that you, know, you want to make sure that he doesn't get hit. Will the offensive line play better? Will the running game be better? Will the receivers catch the balls knowing that their quarterback is not 100%? You know, I think those are all interesting and fair questions. And we won't know the answer to all of that until we get the game day on Sunday, first and foremost, to see if he's going to play. I think part of your point is those players around him, yes, the offensive line, but the skill guys, too. A lot of drops last week. They put like the, the ball on the deck. The first drive gave it up. Last I mean, week was bad. I mean, you know, I mean, there's no way around calling it what it is. I mean, it was a poor performance. I mean, and, and it was a – the disappointment, I think, in that game was that it was a poor performance against a team that – it's kind of similar to you in that they haven't been very good. And it was a big moment because both teams had a lot at stake. And that was being relevant through the month of December to close the season out. And the Detroit Lions played like the game meant something. And the Jaguars did not play like the game meant something, whether it had been offensively, defensively, you name it, it wasn't good. All facets of the football team did not play well. You put the ball on the ground right out of the gate – with Travis Etienne, which is, uh, by the way, the fourth fumble of the season for him. So, uh, Travis better get ready because I guarantee you the teams that are remaining on the schedule are going to be going after the ball. And then you have some drops that uh, nullify or end some drives offensively and defensively. You can't stop them. Oh, boy, yeah. That's, you can't stop. That's the other side, of course, yeah. Eight scoring drives and then a kneel down to the, end the game the for the worst, Lions. The worst part was the one before the kneel down. Because it was the Detroit Lions were running a four-minute offense, and it was thinking like at the ten-minute mark or something like that, and they were essentially just trying to run the clock out. They weren't trying to score, but they did. Yeah, and it went like seven <laughs> minutes or something. Like, and throw it until they had to on third down, and then when they got to third down, they had guys open that were like wide open. And you're like, how does this happen? Again, I mean, that's happened a few times. Kansas City, there's guys running wide open. I was, I was actually just looking at a stat, and, and, and this, it's, not a, it's not very favorable, but it's the reality. The defense, we have mentioned before, 
that we felt like the de- the defense was regressing. And I made that statement during the game broadcast that this team defensively seems to be regressing when you would like to have them ascending at this point of the year because you have young players and you have a lot of additions to that side of the ball that are younger. So you would expect a younger defense or a younger side of the ball to get better as the season wears on. With the more experience that they get, the better they should play, right? That's common sense. In theory. Well, that's not been the case, and here are the numbers. In weeks one through nine, the Jaguars' defense had only given up 19.8 points per game. That's pretty good. That's a good number. 30, uh, 343 yards a game, and that's total yards. Okay. 238 yards passing a game. The third down percentage allowed was 39.6. The opposer passer rating, 85.8. Those are the pretty good numbers. Good numbers. Now let's look. Not top of the league numbers, but you know, top third of the league in some of those. 10 through 13. Yeah. Okay, points per game went from 19.8 in weeks 1 to 9 to 31.3. Oh. In weeks 10 to 13. Not good. Yards per game went from 343 a game in weeks 1 to 9 to 446 per game. Over 100. More. Third down percentage. This is crazy. 39.6 in the early part of the season or first nine weeks of the season, 63.9% in the last four weeks. Wow, that was big last week. I know that. Poser passer rating went from 85.8 in the first nine weeks to 111.8 in the last four weeks. I mean, then. So why? That's a great question. Why has it changed so dramatically off the cliff? I think they've got some personnel issues and, uh, and they have performance issues and I think they have a uh, a young coach at the helm and, and still trying to kind of all of those things, trying to navigate their way. And it's just, it's, it's not, the performance is not good. Is there a way or are there ways to, you know, not bring it all the way back? It, it almost feels like it's going to be tough to get back to that level again, but can you move some personnel, some change, change some things? I mean, what can you well, do you at can't, this I mean, point? You can't, you, can, you got to be careful. Because you can't try to do something that's just way different because then it's learning something completely new. So that would set you back again. So I, I think what you try to do is you narrow the focus a little bit. You simplify as much as you can and make sure that the execution level goes up. And then the other thing is that you try to put the players in their best position to succeed. So what does that mean? Okay, do you have the personnel to play a bunch of man coverage? JP, do you think this defense has the back end to play a bunch of man? Uh, no, it has proven that it does not. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. But here's the problem. A lot of times when they've played zone, they haven't done very well either. Uh, only, as John Osher uh, so eloquently said yesterday, those are the only two options, well, man no, and zone. And uh, so I think that you got to kind of play more zone, and that gets away from a little bit of the philosophy of what they initially tried to instill. But at the end of the day, you've got you know guys that aren't playing at a high level. You're playing with a lot of safeties, more safeties over the last couple of weeks than you've played with in the first part of the season. Uh, Shaq Griffin went to IR. Darius Williams has disappointed. Tyson Campbell's been solid. Um, I, I, to me, it's just it's not a great situation to be in, and and I will say that having 
Andre Sisco out of the lineup last week, I think that sent the defense, put them in a little bit of a quandary. Because now you, you know, remember the week before, all of a sudden you had these, these uh, multiple safety packages. Well, all of a sudden now you maybe continue to plan on doing some of those things, and then Cisco doesn't go. Worked out before the game. We talked about this in the in uh, the pregame show with uh, Brian and Mike, and said that, you know he's warming up right now. It doesn't look very good, and he's a scratch. It's because it, you know were they maybe not quite as prepared for that with the multiple safety package. And so there's a lot of things to consider. Um, you're not getting any pass rush. That's an issue. None. And against Detroit, that was not a favorable matchup because the strength of their offensive line was the two tackles. The better part of your pass rush has been at the edges. So you kind of have your somewhat of a strength against what is really a strong point for that offensive line, and it negates that somewhat strength that you have. So I feel better about this matchup this week than I – did against the Detroit matchup just because the Tennessee team is not as uh, dynamic offensively as Derrick Henry. And look, there's no mysteries about stopping Derrick Henry, man. No. Strap your helmet on, tighten everything up, and put the extra pads on and get ready to play physical game. All right, we're going to come back and dig deeper into that and his history. Well, you don't have to dig too deep for the history of Henry against the Jaguars. It's not pretty for the Jaguars. Um, that can change. You know, we'll, we'll get into that coming up. Of course, a little later, the injury report that has just come out. Um, and the Titans have a bunch of guys on the list this week. We'll go through all those coming up. And, of course, at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, Thursday, week 14. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up at Nissan Stadium on the banks of the Cumberland River in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. This Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Well, let's look at the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, you know, this offense that you said is um, – yeah, it's Derrick Henry. That's where it really begins. They've got a couple receivers, but at the end of the day, it still comes back to number 22 back there. In the last month or so, he hasn't really put up monster numbers. In fact, the last couple games, he's been under 40 yards each time out. So uh, is this the same Henry of old? I, I think it only takes one or two runs and <laughs> stiff arms to kind of change that narrative. Well, you're right, and that's really what they, I think, offensively would like to try to continue to do, you know, is to rely on Derrick Henry because if they get put in the position to where they have to pass the ball like they did over the last couple of weeks, it hasn't worked out very well for them. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles were able to get immense pressure on Tannehill, and uh, the, the tackles for the Tennessee Titans are not very good, to be perfectly honest with you, and I think – Part of what was on display against the Eagles, I think, really shone a bright light on their personnel issues that they have been having, which was one of the reasons why for the dismissal of their general manager this week, John Robinson. 
in the last couple of years, John Robinson has had a corner that can't get on the field. He's had an offensive tackle that is, I think, out of the league now that he was hoping that was going to be a starter for him. And uh, with uh, one injury at left tackle, Taylor Lewan, they inserted Dennis Daly, who they signed in free agency from the Carolina Panthers, and that has not worked out very well. They drafted a third-round pick right tackle and Nicholas Petit-Frere, who has not been very good. Both of these tackles fall near the bottom of the league and, and guys that are starting, if not at the bottom. And that's been a problem. So Tennessee right now has to be able to play what I say bully ball and that their best when they're they're playing their best when they've got the lead and they can continue to run the ball and let Derrick Henry be the offense. If they have to pass, their tackles don't hold up. They've got a pretty decent quarterback in Tannehill. And A.J. Brown is now gone. He's in Philadelphia. They drafted Traylon Burks, who uh, has been okay. And then the rest of the guys, J.P., they're pedestrian. How about this? Traylon Burks, he's on the injury report this week. We'll get to the full report. He had a concussion, by the way, last week. He leads the Tennessee Titans in receiving yards, 359, but he's only played 34% of the snaps this year. Right. What's that, that tell you? That tells you they tells like, you the rest of the guys are not very good. Robert Woods is on that team. I mean, they got some names. At well, least. And part of it is, is I mean, the reason the numbers are low that it's a it's a Derrick Henry based offense, and that's going to make some of the numbers low for the wide receivers, you know. And so, in reality, it's more of a tight end based offense, and that's a fact. And they've got a couple good ones. Austin Hooper is a good player, and you can see the numbers with him on. Our social media channels. He's got 27 catches for the year. They also have a rookie tight end, Chig uh, Okunquo, who was a fourth-round pick out of Maryland. He's a good young tight end that's been a, a nice little shining star for them. And uh, the two other receivers be- behind uh, Woods, or excuse me, behind Burks, has been Woods and Westbrook Akine. And those guys are just guys. Yeah. So. How does Tennessee, with a Conquo now, I mean, they always get tight ends there. They always get these tight ends that are just pesky guys, and, well, the re- and, and they score against the Jags all the time. They The reason that they like the tight ends is because they're trying to ride the Derrick Henry train as far as they can. When you've got a talent like that, it uh, it, it makes your defense better when you can run the ball. When you have the tight ends on the field, if you can get a tight end that can block but then also can be a viable uh, receiver in the passing game. It, it makes that package more useful because you can run out of it and you can pass out of it. One of the reasons why they went and got Austin Hooper. He's a good player. You know, good player. And they got Jeff Swaim, who's you know was here. He's kind of been a journeyman. But he's kind of one of those in-line blocking tight ends. He's not going to catch the ball much. But uh, but that's what they are. That That's Tennessee Titans football. Strap it up. Get ready for a lot of tight ends. And get ready to try to stop Derrick Henry, who's damn near 250 pounds. You know, they say he's less than that, but I would venture to guess that he's 250. And uh, and they've got a mobile quarterback. Let's not forget that. Tannehill can run the football now. I mean, it's not, you know, Lamar Jackson running it, but no, but he is mobile enough he's, to he's, get 10 yards on you. Uh, 10? I think he's had... Many many rushes of more than ten against the Jaguars in his history. Well, he hasn't had to run a lot. He's thrown the ball very well against the Jags over the years, both with the Miami Dolphins and now the Tennessee Titans. Of course, what fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions in his career against the Jags. Yeah, and that goes back to a couple games when he was with the Dolphins. Yeah. 
but he's 5-0 and with the Titans. That's right. His numbers are even better when you look at the averages when he's just been with the Titans. But, I mean, part of the reason for that is that he's had Derrick Henry, too. It helps. I mean, every quarterback would love to have Derrick Henry to be able to produce better average numbers. You know, when I say average numbers, you know, like rating, touchdown to interception ratio. But if you looked at yards passing per game, they probably wouldn't overly impress you. But quarterbacks that have great running games can take care of the football and can be efficient. That's been a proven fact. We're on Tintin XL 92.5 FM. Jaguar social media as well. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Jaguar's Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Let's move to the Titans' defense now. And this is a group that ranks pretty highly in a number of different categories, including third downs or number one in the league on yeah, third down. I don't get that. How is that? I don't get that because it's weird, right? Uh, number one in third down defense, but then when you look at them from a pass defense standpoint, they're ranked 31st, which is second worst in the National Football League. How does that happen? I don't know. Um, odd, because you know they're a running offense that doesn't score many points, which also makes that 31st ranking <laughs> and pass yards allowed kind of odd. Uh, the reality is, is that they're physical and stout up front, and they got a really good player in Jeffrey Simmons at defensive tackle. That's, that's the strength. Tough, physical Jeffrey Simmons. Their weakness, their secondary is not great. I mean, there's going to be plenty of opportunities, plenty of opportunities to, to take shots down the field. The one guy that they do have in the secondary, which is a veteran guy who has been good for quite some time, is Kevin Byard's safety. But the corner has been an issue. They drafted Caleb Farley, I think, in the first round out of Virginia Tech. Was it two years ago? That's right. A year ago. Sounds right. And he can't see the field. And Roger McCrary, who they drafted in the second round this past spring, out of Auburn, has been kind of just a guy. So they got guys besides Kevin Byer, the safety, who's got – 24 career interceptions. I mean, that, that three of, tell you. Three of them against the Jags. I mean, 24 career interceptions. That's a lot. He's been around. And here's the other thing. Seven years. This yeah. is his seventh year. Yeah. 24 interceptions and not even seven complete years. I mean, that's crazy number. It's pretty good. Crazy number. Pretty good. I mean, there's some guys that I know that would like to have 24 sacks in seven years. I'm not trying to be funny. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying is that that's a hell of a number. You know, 24 interceptions in not even seven complete years from a safety, that's tremendous. Is this the most physical all-around team the Jaguars will see this year? No. Who no. was or who is? Well, Philly. Philly. You know, Philly's stacked. They Philly's are. got it. Philly's stacked. They are. Philly, Philly is stacked, and they got even more stacked since the Jaguars saw, saw them last time with the two – Defensive tackles and the defensive end that they added to that side of the ball. I mean, that's that's a team that's destined to play in a Super Bowl. I mean, that's, to me, that, and Philly just tore apart Tennessee. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, watching the film, it's like dominance. Philadelphia just dominated them. You know, the Tennessee Titans of old, where they had this great offensive line and this Big, strong, tough defensive line that maybe had, you know, one good pass rusher, but they were just, you know, bloody your nose. You couldn't run against them. Those days are gone. They're still tough. They still try to play physical because that's Mike Vrabel's style of coaching. 
but they don't have the personnel to execute it like they used to have. That's one of the reasons why John Robinson is gone. Again, I'll say. I'll say. And here, here's, here's, a, here's a guy. The, the Tennessee Titans now have a left guard that's 275 pounds. Whoa. What is this, 1984? <laughs> isn't that crazy? What is going on here? It's, uh, it's very odd. You're going to pick him up and throw him around I, all I, game? I like the guy as far as, like, he plays hard. He's tough and he's physical. He kind of, I called him a bulldog the first time I saw him. I was like, who is this little bulldog guard that they've got? And his name is Aaron Brewer, and he's out of Texas State. His numbers, he is six foot one, 274 pounds. Wow. Starting left guard. How about that? Okay, and last week, just I'm just going to throw this out there. Last week, he might be the toughest guy up there if he's surviving. And and he's a pretty good player you know now. I mean, I mean he's not a he's not a bad player. He's he's pretty smart. He's aware. He's physical. He obviously got great movement. I don't want to meet him in a dark alley. He gets overmatched physically because of his you know he's 274 pounds. Yeah, it reminds me of kind of going back into the old days of Dallas Cowboys when they had Mark Stepnoski at center and Stepnoski weighed probably 258 pounds maybe when he was soaking wet, but. This is a guy that is, I think, an example of how the Tennessee Titans used to have big, dominant, physical offensive linemen blocking for Derrick Henry, and that's not big, dominant, physical. I mean, he can be a good player, but he's 274 pounds. you got to win that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you would think. You would think. So I think that's – and and I I was getting ready to say this. Last week, I'm just – Roy Robertson Harris and uh, Fadakasi mm-hmm. got pushed around. Pushed around. They got pushed around. Okay. They got pushed around by Detroit. They better not get pushed around this week with, by this Tennessee Titans offensive line. Those two guys, Fadakasi, three guys, Fadakasi, Roy Robertson Harris, and Devon Hamilton – have to play at a at a better level this week against Tennessee if you're going to have success. Those three guys, they got to come to play. If they don't come to play this week, if they don't play well, you will have a hard time having success against Tennessee and Derrick Henry. Laying it out there. Let's come back in a moment, and we'll take a look at the injury report. It has just come out. Both teams, a lot more on the Tennessee side. And check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download pods. Of course, uh, this program every Thursday, the Huddle Up podcast on Wednesdays, the Ozone podcast coming up tomorrow with Travis Etienne, Jaguars running back. Give us that five-star rating as always. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, and it's Thursday, and it's week 14. I'm J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. 
And the Jaguars have the Titans this week. Five-game stretch. Jaguars down three in the division. Two against the first-place team. Uh, it's bleak. It's not impossible, but um, it's a tough schedule <laughs> this week. Cowboys next week. Short week on the road in New York against a, a, an improved Jets team that's right up there in the race. And then the Texans, then the Titans again. It's it's a tough stretch. Well, I mean, they're all tough in the National Football League, I think. But um, you got to find your way a little bit. The one thing that you always want to see when you have this regime change as we had in the offseason, you get a new head coach teamed with a general manager that had been in place for a year, you want to start to see a team start to ascend uh, to where you can sit there and say, hey, that's better, that's a positive, that's something good for the future. The quarterback, obviously, is always the most important thing that you want to look at and feel good about. I think right now we all feel good about that. We feel good about where Trevor started at, where he's at now. We feel good about where he's going. But you still have to see it. And you need to start seeing some signs in other areas of the football team that you have invested equity into. And what I mean by that, that's draft picks and that's free agency. You need to start to see some of those players either to continue to contribute, to continue to get better, or to improve. You know, in free agency, you feel good about Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. I mean, Zay had a bad game this past week. Right, but he's had some really good ones. But he has been, I think, really solid, and he's been a, a really nice addition to this football team. I think Evan Ingram is really the, the – right now you would say it hasn't been a great addition. It's just been okay. I thought he's done a good job, though, from the standpoint of he's been a much more capable blocker, I think, than I expected. Uh, you'd like to think that – some of your draft picks on defense that you've invested in recently are contributing, like Tyson Campbell you feel good about, Andre Sisco you feel good about. You know, where's Trayvon Walker at? Is he at the position that he needs to be in? Devin Lloyd has been benched. I mean, so, you know, some other draft picks in the past that, uh, that you've had, Walker Little, where's his future at? You know, doesn't win a position battle early in the year. Uh, maybe an opportunity to get some playing time, but Shatley has played exceptionally well yeah. while he's been in there. You know, so, I mean, you want to start to see the signs that this team is headed where it, where you want to see it go. And you've got you know, limited opportunities to be able to see that happening. And you hope that some of those signs start to show this week at Tennessee because, I mean, here's the reality. For all intents and purposes, your playoff bid – Ended in Detroit. I mean, I don't know what the percentages are, JP. Have you seen them? Nah, they're low. I mean, they're, very I mean, low. They're like still at single digits, probability-wise, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, you know, running the table. I mean, I know. Look, everything is possible. You can run the table, but you still need help. You still need Tennessee to lose yeah. again. That's uh, yeah. so no bueno. No. It's not, not good. I, I know what no bueno means. Thank yeah. you. Uh, no, I just was interpreting there <laughs> for I you. appreciate that. In case you weren't. Thanks uh, for the heads up. It's been a while since seventh grade Spanish. Um, all right, so time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars have four guys on the report this week. Andre Sisco's one of those. Didn't play last week. Game time decision limited both yesterday and today with that shoulder issue. Zay Jones with a chest issue limited Wednesday and Thursday. He played last week, of course. Trevor Lawrence with the toe issue, a uh, big toe on his left foot, did not practice yesterday or today. 
We'll see what happens tomorrow and over the weekend with him. And linebacker Chad Muma came out of the game with an ankle injury and has not practiced this week. So those are the four for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll start with them. We'll get to the Titans coming up. They have a longer list. So uh, what about this Muma ankle situation? What about this Muma? Yeah. This Muma? Muma ankle situation. How about Chad Muma? Yeah. Not this Muma. This Muma ankle situation. (laughs) It was being dramatic. Well, he, he, you know, the, the only thing we can really refer to other than the injury report is to to go back and look at what happened in Detroit. I, I don't remember the specific play that he got hurt. I just remember that he came out of the game and we saw Devin Lloyd on the field, and uh, Chad had his ankle spatted up, retaped a whole, a whole nine yards, and well, they, I think he tried to come back in, but it wasn't uh, very comfortable for him, I guess. And you know, that's unfortunate, you know, because he just got in the lineup, was given an opportunity, and I think he been playing better than Devin Lloyd had been playing so if he can't go then it's I guess back to Devin Lloyd and which is a great opportunity for Devin Lloyd and can he bounce back after having been replaced in the lineup for the last two games we we don't know we're gonna have to wait and see and then we'll wait and see if Chad Muma can be able to play so he didn't practice yesterday he didn't practice today correct not both days did not practice Trevor didn't practice yesterday, didn't practice today. Neither, neither one of those guys is trending in the right direction. Correct. But with Trevor, because we've heard from him, yeah, you feel that there's a chance there. I don't know want to say it's a good chance. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But you that. feel like there's a chance. And with Muma, you know, maybe not. I don't know. So they put they put Devin back in if he's not available. Devin I would Lloyd? think. I mean, yeah, I mean, if if what you, else is there? What other options are there? Well, if you don't, you, you well, Shaq Quarterman, right? But then you're changing special teams around. Well, let me, let me, it's like there's it's a domino effect at that point. If you go to Shaq Quarterman, I mean, I'm not trying to offend Shaq. Yeah. I think Shaq's a good football player. Yeah. But what does that say about your first round pick linebacker? That's, yeah. That's if right. if that would be would be the case. That's right. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I I think it'll be Devin Lloyd. Yeah, you know? okay. He's now he gets an opportunity. You know, two weeks, kind of sitting off the, I don't want to say sitting off the side because he was playing some snaps of defense, and then he was playing on special teams, and he came in relief for the injured Chad Muma last week. So I don't want to say that he's been doing nothing, but here's an opportunity that he's going to have at being a starter again. What's he going to be able to do with that opportunity? I think that's going to be interesting to see how he plays. Can he show that he has improved with having had the opportunity to watch from the sideline for a couple of weeks? I don't know. We'll, we'll see, J.P. Performance will speak. Let's take a look at the Tennessee Titans side of the injury report. It's a long list. Six players have not practiced this week at all, and I believe I've got four of them as starters, three of those on defense. What do you got? Danico Autry, outside linebacker. Starter. Knee injury. Did not practice yesterday or today. Trey Avery's a backup corner. Concussion out the last two days. Been playing a lot recently, by the way, in their nickel packages, so that's a contributor that's out. C.J. Board, wide receiver, rib issue, has not practiced. He actually was here for quite some time, yes, and he is—he's right. uh, uh, actually a pretty decent player. Uh, I mean, for Tennessee, he probably deserves more opportunities than he's gotten. Traylon Burks, concussion, has not practiced this week. Starter. Yep, and a rookie. Uh, Christian Fulton, cornerback, groin issue. Starter. Last two days. Starter. Yeah. 
Linebacker David Long, hamstring starter the last two And uh, from what I understand, he had a pretty good hamstring. Well, it's a bad hamstring. Well, there's no, I don't know if there's a thing as a good good or a bad hamstring. They're all sounds, bad, sounds right? Sounds like it's a bad one. They're all bad. But from uh, – Feels good he wouldn't be on here. Yeah, supposedly he, uh, he pulled up pretty good. Oh, that's not good. Uh, all right, and then uh, a couple guys limited both days. Nate Davis, a guard with a knee Starter. issue. Starter. Hassan and, and he's their best guard now. He, okay. He's their – he might be him in the center, Ben Jones. Hmm. Those are the two best linemen for the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Hassan Haskins running back, hip injury. Back he's up. He's been uh, limited uh, the first two days. He scored five touchdowns against Ohio State last season, by the way. Um, Derek Henry, not injury-related, did not practice He's today. okay. Ben Jones, full yeah, today, not injury-related. And then Jeffrey Simmons is on there new today. Limited yesterday, did not practice today with an ankle injury. He's a stud. He, he's been beat up, though, lately. Yeah. I, um, the Jeffrey Simmons that I've watched in previous games this year, an early part of the season, was dominant. This, and I've only watched the one game so far. That's not the Jeffrey Simmons that – I'm used to watching. I mean, he's still a really good player. Don't get me fourth wrong. Fourth year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's fourth yeah. year. But, I mean, I'm talking this guy is normally one of the top three defensive tackles in the league. And I don't know if he's quite playing to that level right now. He's playing good, but not not in that top three where he was at. And Ryan Tannehill upgraded to full today with an ankle issue. And then defensive tackle T. Air Tart with an ankle injury has been limited both yesterday and today. He's a starter as well. Yeah, he's a starter. Good player. Third-year guy, Florida International University. A lot of defensive guys on the list. Uh, undrafted guy that's actually pretty stout up in the middle. That actually a pretty good pair when you got Tart and uh, uh, Simmons in the lineup. I mean, two, two pretty good defensive tackles now. And kind of, kind of opposite of how they got in the league. You know, one undrafted, one's first round pick. So that's a it's a long list for Tennessee, and again, uh, relative to years past, a short list this time of year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Knock on wood that continues. Been that way all year, all year long. I mean, that, that's the crazy thing is that this football team has been the healthiest, healthiest. It's uh, I believe it's ever been. Feels that I way. Mean, wouldn't you say so? I mean, yeah. I don't rem- I don't ever remember a season that this team has played with everybody for the most part. And I saw I heard that there was a stat that this team has played with the fewest players of the season yet that in was, the league. That was last week and it's still true today. 58 Crazy. players have played. That is the fewest amount of players to play in a game in the NFL this year. That's I mean, that's impressive. Uh, the most by wow. the way, the Cardinals have had 77. Players. Okay. Titans have had seventy six. Yeah, second most. Yeah, that's uh, that that's impressive. I mean, credit the players, credit the staff. Yeah, and a lot of luck. Yeah, it, it comes into it as well. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F one fifty. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll come back with our final thoughts. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach coming up ahead of week 14, the Jaguars and the Titans this Sunday in Music City, USA. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Thursday. It's week 14. And if you're watching us, which you can on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, it's a live look at the Miller Electric Center. And boy, is it moving along very nice. Uh, The indoor facility roof is on. The roof for the grandstand is on. The building is uh, going up. It'll be ready for business for the summer of 2023 and training camp next year should be on those fields right there and you'll be able to come out and check it out as well and by the way the uh, the shipyards property had uh, some dirt being moved around for the first time what? the other day yeah really four seasons and all that 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 has started wow how about that i mean that's uh well one of those things that we've all been waiting for for a long time that's good it's getting real Good deal. Love that. Uh, of course, hey, coming up, country superstar Kenny Chesney returns to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets are on sale now. Don't miss the I Go Back Tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini at Daly's Place. For tickets and more, visit dailiesplace.com today. All right, so uh, the Jaguars and the Titans, of course, the Titans have dominated the recent series history and really the entire series history, if you want to go all the way back. <laughs> Sorry to remind you, Logs, but certainly recently. All-time 33-21 and 21 in the regular season in favor of Tennessee slash Houston mm-hmm. and 1-0 in the playoffs. 14-6 and six since 2012, and then they've won the last five straight and nine of the last ten. The average score in the current five-game losing skid against Tennessee is just about just over 32.5, 32.6 to 15.8. So they've blown them out. The Titans have dominated most every one of them. And as we mentioned earlier, the last win in Nashville was 2013 in Week 10. The first win of the season, by the way. They started 0-8, had the bye week, went to Nashville, Jaguars beat the Titans 29-27. That was the Will Blackman sack fumble return touchdown game to go up two scores with like 240 to play in the fourth quarter. That was the quadfecta game. The quadfecta game. Sack, calls fumble, recovered fumble, touchdown. Touchdown. And that put them up 29 to, what, 20. And then the Titans scored a touchdown late, make it a two-point game. Saw Will Blackman in London. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of dominance by Tennessee. And the reality is, is that we can say it's a rivalry, but until you get competitive, and it's not where Mike Vrabel is seven and one against the the Jaguars, then it becomes a true rivalry. Until then, I don't know if they look at it as a rivalry. We do, just because of 1999, but 23 years ago. Do they? Yeah. I mean, a lot of Jaguar fans don't even remember that. Yeah, 1999. Of, they weren't even born then. A lot of them, <laughs> honestly. Think Jeff about Fisher. That. Yeah, Jeff Fisher, Eddie George, Just somebody you see on NFL films. At uh, yeah, you got you got to change. You got to change your direction, and then then you'll have rivalries. You know, when you start to get better. But until then, you now you're you're not a rival for anybody. Would this, um, do you believe in sending a message to the division, maybe not for this year, but for the future, if you, you go said up there no, and win this game, no, any of that stuff? No, 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 I didn't think no, so. no. That's why I asked the question. You send a message when you start winning on a regular basis. That's when you send a message, okay? I mean, you can't play one game and 
oh my gosh, it was the game heard round the world. No, you have to win games. You have to be good. You have to play well. It's not a one-time thing to where you, oh, yeah, we won. We, yeah, we beat Tennessee. Well, okay. So the last two teams that played <laughs> so Tennessee. five other teams this year, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here's the reality. Uh, you would be the first team that would beat Tennessee that has a losing record. Yeah, that's true. They feast on bad teams. Okay, so that might be a positive, but is that going to send this message that they're going to hear around the world? No. <laughs> no. No. No, because the Titans right now are still headed to the division title, which would be, what, their third consecutive? That's right, and even though they're not playing well, it's still rather comfortable for them in terms of the division race. I think, you know, look, I think Mike Vrabel challenged his football team this week, and, and, and he did it on Monday. He, he talked openly about his team being at a crossroads. In his press conference. And Which said, is kind of odd to hear from a first-place team, by the way. Correct. You know, that's two games up on the second-place Colts. But, I mean, uh, and, I, and like I said, I think that he did that because he was wanting to challenge his team. But the reality is that they haven't played well. And he said that teams, when they get to this point in the season, they either get better or they get worse. And if they get better, then they can challenge in the playoffs. And right now, Tennessee is not playing well enough to where they can challenge in the playoffs. That's why I said that I feel good about this matchup. I mean, I feel good about it for so many different reasons. You know, they don't score a lot of points on offense. Derrick Henry has been off the mark the last four games. Okay, they have protection issues with their tackles. Defensively, they give up big plays in the passing game. Okay, they're out some starters on defense. You know, their premier edge player, their best inside linebacker, their best corner, or at least the guy that was drafted to be their best corner. I mean, there's opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity in Nashville. And I'm not saying that they should. Okay, I'm just saying that there's an opportunity because this team shouldn't beat anybody right now the way they're playing. But they have an opportunity to beat the Titans. Because this is not the Titans of old to where they're just physical and rolling and they're great and they're great defense and they're kicking butt in a run game. I mean, that, that's not Tennessee right now. Tennessee is good and they've got a good coach. But they've got plenty of chinks in their armor. Plenty. You know, it felt like early last week after the first quarter or so, it's like this just doesn't feel right. Is there a I wonder point? why you think that. I mean, maybe the fumble, the drops, yeah, the, the two, lack of stops. Two-score deficit, all that <laughs> uh, early. But will there be a point in this game the same way where it's like, okay, a quarter in, uh, this feels okay. They can hang or, uh-oh, this is going to be a long no, day. I don't, I don't think there's – I mean, even at even the game in Detroit, just like the game in Oakland, you, you don't feel good about it. But then, like, Oakland, they came back. Las they started Vegas, putting some things. Las Vegas, Oakland, but whatever. Vegas, geez, yeah. why do I – L.A. I made myself Oakland. a promise to not say Vegas or Raiders. I should have just said, I always said, just say Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. Just like Redskins. Don't say, right. you know, Redskins. Just, just Washington. say Washington. Fair. You know, say Either Raiders, way. say Washington. We Anyway, con- continue. Anyway. Anyway. I lost my train of thought. It's, you know, it's what it is. So you got to keep playing well and, and start early, carry that momentum as the game if, goes if, along. Here, if you can get a fast start. Which I think you'd love to have fast start in every game, and this team hasn't exactly had a fast start 
yet, I would say. Like, I mean, when's the last fast start game they had? Oh, gosh. Um, Indy? Yeah, Indy? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. If you have a fast start game, you put Tennessee, and what I mean fast start, okay, score on the first couple, two out of three first possessions, and get, you know, 10 points up on the scoreboard, something like that. The reason why, that, of course, that would help everybody, and everybody would love to get up 10 points. But you put Tennessee a little bit out of their comfort zone because they may feel that they have to start throwing the ball, which is not what they like to do. They like to hand the ball to Derrick Henry and, and stay balanced. If you can find a way to get them out of that comfort zone, because they, I, they love to play front-running football. Have a lead, run the ball, you know, play physical, play good defense, get them out of that comfort zone. What do you want to hear from head coach Doug Peterson coming up? We're inside two minutes away from the Doug Peterson show. In fact, a minute and a half right now. Well, I think first and foremost, you want to see how you, you react to that game. You know, you go back to the, to the early part of the season, they had this, this little saying, so what, now what, right? That was the saying that they had. Well, doesn't that kind of apply here, too? I want to ask him that. Want to find out about his quarterback, obviously. That's question number one. And also want to find out about ball security with Travis Etienne. Ah. Can't put it on the deck. Oh, and drops. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you bounce back? I mean, these are, these are all questions that we all want to hear uh, his thoughts on, and most importantly, we all want to see how the reaction is and the performance is going to be this week in Tennessee. We are moments away from finding out from the Jaguars head coach. That'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. Joe Fortunato on the audio side, Brent Reber and David Cho on the video side. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. The Doug Peterson Show coming up next. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on Jaguars Radio.